Hi, everyone. This is your CyberPath. We're the podcast that helps you get your dream cybersecurity job. I'm Kip Boyle, and I'm here with Wes Schreiner. We're experienced hiring managers of cybersecurity professionals, and we want to help you. And you can give us some feedback on the show, or if you want to pitch us a question, we'd be happy to answer it on a future episode. So just go to the show page. It's at anchor.fm forward slash your cyber path. You're going to see a message button when you get there. Click that button, start talking, and tell us what's on your mind. So, Kip, I've, I've had a crazy busy week on the farm. What are we, what are we talking about today? <laughs> uh, I love the fact that you live on a farm because as a suburban dweller, I have no clue what you do. But when, <laughs> when you tell me on the show that I get a better, a better peek at your, at your life on the farm, that's so cool. But today's show is about reputation and personal brand. And, <clears throat> and of course, within the context of somebody who is searching for their new opportunity, so as employees and, um, and in other identities that we use in, in the world, you know, we need to understand what is it about reputation? Um, how do we manage it? Can we manage it? How does it affect our careers? Um, some people call, they don't, don't use the R word. Some people say it's your personal brand. And today that's what we want to talk about. How is your, your personal brand, your reputation, how does that impact um, your ability to get your dream cybersecurity job and and then how do you um, build your brand so that you can become known for what you want to be known for that's a good topic i'm glad we're talking about that today i've got a i got an interesting problem on the farm i've got a, a rooster that is earning himself a reputation he uh he chased my daughter and he won't leave the hens alone and he's picking oh, no. some fights with the other roosters. So chase I, I don't know if your you... daughter. I didn't know roosters could be that aggressive as to chase humans. Oh yes, oh yes. They have spurs right. on their legs. I mean, they're uh, they're there to protect the hens, and they do a fine job of it. Uh, right. Pecking order on the farm in a hen house is a real thing. We've heard mm. about pecking order in the office, but pecking order in the in the hen house is real. And uh, we have a. a a rooster named King George. That's we actually carry five roosters, but King George wow. is is uh he's causing trouble with Big Red. So we got to have a conversation. Wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. So King George, who's Big Red? Is that another rooster? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So are you saying there's a rooster pecking order as well? Of course. Of course. So Okay. Uh, so when is you King have... George trying to be the top rooster? So here's a fascinating thing. You know there's a red flap of i'll call it skin for a, a, mm -hmm. a rooster that goes up their forehead and onto the top of their head it's called the comb yeah and okay. that red comb is the uh is that rooster's pride and there's actually a muscle in there so that if you have more than one rooster on the farm the comb stands up on the top rooster and the <laughs> other roosters lay their comb to the side to demonstrate their submission to the master the boss rooster Oh my lord! <laughs> uh huh. And and so I can walk in the hen house and tell you which rooster is the boss. So, oh my goodness! Yeah, it's pretty freaking uh, obvious, isn't it? King George has not been behaving well lately, and he may be he may be going from protecting the hen house to feeding the family. Right? Uh, <laughs> he, he might be doing that. 
So reputation is very, very important. And if King George doesn't change his reputation soon, it's not going to end well for him. Man, life so, on the farm is like uh, <laughs> harsh at times, isn't it? Uh, circle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Um, wow. Okay. So I got to come meet King George if he's still around by the time I am able to come and visit <laughs> next time. But, you know, hey, maybe you'll save a leg for me, right? And, uh, and I'll go take him home with me. <laughs> Big Red is such a gentleman. He is such a gentleman. All right. Okay. So in order to talk about reputation uh, on the job search, right? Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. We should probably bring this back, right? Yeah. Uh, we should talk about what our current, what are in our current activities, right? Uh, I, I think we have to understand reputation and what we're doing today in order to understand what our reputation will be tomorrow. Character is a really important topic to me because when, when the music fades and everything else sweeps away, mm -hmm. when the stadium is empty and we stand before our maker, only what we have done and what he has done will remain. And I'm convinced there's going to be a test. So we've all worked with that guy who says, that's not my job. Or they take a, a simple project and make it hard. They argue uh. with team members. Uh, I worked with one guy who was described as his superpower is how fast he can put his own foot in his mouth. Oh my God. Now that's, now that's a classic case where he wasn't saying that about himself and he may, he may not have even have realized that, that was his superpower. Ugh. Sometimes people get distracted with other things in life and the job just doesn't get done or yeah. they're maybe they're unskilled and not able to do the job. Right. And, and maybe not willing to learn. Ugh. We've, so we've all had these characteristics from time to time, and they don't all have to define us. Right. But when they happen over and over, and they happen frequent enough that we become known for them, they become our reputation. Yeah. You know, I've heard, I've heard people say that your, your brand is, what you, is who you say you are to other people, and your reputation is what everybody else says about you when you're not around. I, I like what Wooden said, right? Worry about your character, not your reputation. Your yeah, character I think is who that's... you are. Your reputation is who people think you are. Right, 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 right. And, okay, yeah. all right, pause. Who's John Wooden? Oh, he was the greatest college basketball coach ever. Oh, <laughs> I'm not clued in. I am now clued right. in. <laughs> greatest college basketball coach ever. Well, so I there's some good reputations, too. Mm -hmm. Uh if I'm going to call this person because they always know what to do, that's a good reputation. I want that person on my team because they make the people around them better. That's a great reputation. I want mm -hmm. this person on the team because computers obey them. Computers that's obey them. That's a great them. reputation. <laughs> wow, I'll say, yeah, that's a wonderful reputation. <laughs> we can have we can have both both positive reinforcement of of reputation and and negative reinforcement. And, and really, people can have multiple reputation at the same time, right? So, like, the term that, I, uh, that I'm thinking about right now is, um, like, brilliant jerk, right? <laughs> I mean, I hear that a lot, and, and I hear some organizations saying, like, we won't put up with brilliant jerks, and other organizations don't say it, but they're full of brilliant jerks, or there is a brilliant jerk, and nobody will get rid of them. So, um, yeah, it's interesting how sometimes your reputation can actually be a blend of something that's um you know that's desirable and something that's maybe not 
And oftentimes that's invisible to us. We don't know what we don't know there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's cringy, actually, <laughs> to think about, um, you know, not having a good reputation and not knowing that you don't have a good reputation. And you're just, you know, whistling through life thinking, you know, that uh, that you're doing good. Oh, that's so cringy. <laughs> So, so first thing, yeah. first thing you want to do in building your reputation is probably figure out what you want to be known for, right? And if brilliant jerk is your answer, then then you're on track, right? <laughs> and there's lots of role models. <laughs> Plenty to find. There's there's also other comparisons, right? Humble smart is one that I've heard recently that I thought was really mm. really cool. Right? You don't have to be the smartest person in the room. Uh just be smart and contribute and make everybody else better. And that's a great place to be. Yeah. And the, and the humility part of it is, is really important, I think, because that's what allows you to admit to yourself and maybe even to others that, you know, Oh, I don't know anything about that. Tell me, tell me more, which people love to hear. Another one, Charlie hustle uh, was known as the, the hardest working baseball player in, in the major leagues. Um, a problem solver might be somebody that that uh, when I don't know where to go, I go to that person and they help me, right? Uh, there's yep. another reputation for somebody who's maybe newer on the block, and that might be uh, I'm a learner. I'm an enthusiastic, engaged learner, right? Somebody who is improving and growing. Yeah. I teach them and they remember it, right? Yep. So once you've picked your reputation, you've got to – you got to build on that, right? Uh, mm -hmm. We can work on that wherever we are. I guarantee you, you're not going to get it right the first time. So you might as well practice, right? I think I said oh, it before, things yeah. worth doing are worth doing poorly and awkwardly. Yeah, so, well, you can't, I, yeah, I don't see how you could get it right the first time. I mean, people are going to determine your reputation based on your pattern of behavior over time, really. Um, that's that's what I've seen. So, you, you know, you, you have opportunities to... Uh, to build up the, uh, the, the the brand that you want. And sometimes you're going to make a mistake and be counter brand, but people will forgive you if you get back on, uh, on track, I think. On message. Yeah. So what can we do? We can ask for feedback from people we trust to help us set the right goals for us. Really, we can ask for feedback. Hey, I want to be known as this person. Does that sound like somebody I could become with the right mm -hmm. kind of practice? And once yeah. we ask for that feedback and incorporated that so we have a, a reasonable goal, then we can do a check-in a month later and say, how am I doing towards that goal, right? right? I did these three things, and I thought I was making progress. And that person, if they love you enough, they're going to tell you the truth. And and you still got to buy them the drink because, because uh, they just told you the truth, and that's worth gold. Yeah. And, and you can certainly do this informally, as I think you're suggesting, mm -hmm. with people that you trust and people who will trust you. You could also do this a bit more formally, and I've actually done it that way. And um, one of the ways you can do this is what's called a 360 review. And sometimes that's part of your actual formal review at work, right, that you get from your, uh, from your supervisor. But you could also do it on your own. Um, I went to school one time. I, I got a, a certificate um, a, in, a, in executive leadership. And part of what we did in that program, right, you know, like early on, was to do a 360 feedback with our coworkers and selected other people. 
and it was formal. And, uh, and then when the results came back in, we incorporated that feedback into the work that we did in class so that we could explicitly tackle what we're talking about today. So, so if you want to do something like that, you can absolutely do something a bit more formal if, um, if that makes sense. It's scary. It, it feels really vulnerable to do something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say this is the hard work of getting better, of, of becoming better, not, not just at work, but in life and, and with family. Mm-hmm. The, the better you do this now, the better your grandchildren will be for it. This stuff is good for you, but this is generational work. Uh, that's really interesting. I don't think I've heard anybody position it as generational work at home that 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 what you do to to become hired in your dream job and then to succeed in that job that it could actually spill over into an, a generational thing with your family um, say something more about that Wes so we want to talk about reputation and brand but the reputation and brand are forged when we have our character that's what's done in secret and that character mm. that's what's done in secret is going to ooze out of us in every direction because it's just going to overflow. And when it overflows at work, it defines our brand and our reputation. When it overflows at home, it means I yell at my kids when I shouldn't have, and I have to go apologize to them later, right? Uh, Or I don't go apologize to them later, and I didn't get better, and I created a, a different kind of problem. Well, so then as a dad, you get a brand, or you get a reputation, right, with your kids, Right? As like, well, don't bring bad news to dad. He can't handle it. Things like that. I hope that's not the case. I hope well, that's I hope that's not the case for anybody, but <laughs> but depending on how you do handle bad news, right? True. I mean, that's that's a way that that could happen. Or um, <laughs> you know, even even more fatefully, if I'm snapping at my wife at home, then you know, what kind of a husband am I being um there? And, and 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 the generational part, of course, is that the behavior that I model for my kids will become their behavior when yeah. they get older. And that's yeah. the spouse oh. they'll be looking for because more is caught than is taught. Yeah. But but so... uh, that's parenting, and I'd love to have a parenting conversation. <laughs> but I want to stay focused wow. today. Well, we just went into the deep end. Let's get back over to the shallow end for I, for. I a don't moment. know that it gets any better. <laughs> Well, Perception. you know, I think some people, some people really struggle with this idea of bringing the, bringing their whole self to work, right? And isn't that what we're really saying? Is like you do bring your whole self to work, even if you have to hide it. You do bring your whole self, and you're not going to be successful at hiding it. Yeah, but some people feel like they need to, for whatever reason. Anyway, and that's when we start doing the hard work with the feedback loops and the people we trust helping us get better. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's about brand and reputation, but. But then we have this thing called perception, right? Uh, Edward de Bono said, perception is real even when it's not reality. Oh, my God. Isn't that the truth? Uh, yes. Yeah. It's so unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> so if we, if we bring this back home now, the absolute best thing you can do for your reputation for your job hunt, mm-hmm. make sure when you leave this job, you leave it well. Mm. You leave it well. And leave the one before that well, too, right? The way you leave the people before me is how I can assume you're going to leave me one day. 
so as a hiring manager, you're really looking, you're, you're thinking about the future when you're, when you're considering somebody. I mean, th that's what I do too, right? And this is a very specific example of that. The way you talk about people you worked for before me is how I can assume you're going to talk about me one day. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Well, let's zero in for a moment on this idea of leaving a job well. Um, that's that's a very tangible thing that we can talk about. Um, so what what do you, you know, like how do you define leaving a job well? Uh, let's see. Uh, give two weeks notice. Uh, mm -hmm. Define or document the processes of the work you're doing. Mm. Communicate with the people who are relying on you that you're handing the baton off to a new person. You're, you're communicating to your stakeholders. What about Got it. documenting your current progress? I didn't say stay up all night finishing all the things. Uh, mm -hmm. That's not what I'm encouraging you to do. I said, uh, be clear on what is done and what is not done mm -hmm. so that the next person has a, a tangible baton to receive. Right. God, document, document, document. I mean, I know you're right. I, this does make sense. And I think this is a good definition of, of, you know, the things that you should do to leave your job well. But I just want to encourage people in the audience. You probably hate documenting things just as much as I do. So just suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> this is a, a small task with big payoff, right? You're really mm. building a platform that can answer the questions they're going to have for you three weeks from now that, uh, they don't know they have for you today. Whatever you told mm -hmm. them on Tuesday, right after you told them you're leaving, they didn't hear any of it. Their mm -hmm. mind was already spinning on the next topic. So you've got to write it down and hand it off in a way they can receive it. Right. Okay. Good. In fact, in that conversation, you should probably say, my goal is that nothing slows down when I leave. Mm. Okay. I hope the customers won't even notice a change. Now that feels weird because... I know I'm so important to this organization. If I'm not here, the place screeches to a halt. But that's yeah. not your message. Your message is, I hope the customers won't even notice a change. I'm going to do everything I can to make this transition as seamless as possible. Yeah, you're setting your hiring manager up for success when you can't be there anymore. And that's going to put us in a great spot. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, um... I think that's all great advice under the, the you know the label of leaving a job well. I really don't have anything you know to add to that. But you know one of the things that I try to do when 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 I'm saying farewell to a team member, even if even if you know the road has been very rocky and difficult, and we've maybe butted heads or had a lot of tough stuff happen, I I I try as a hiring manager as a supervisor to do my own version of of leaving well you know so for example um i like to treat that person to a, a team lunch you know go out and uh, get out of the office and and give them a you know a thank you for for what they've done um and that and is so, awesome if they'll do that but if they don't do it do not be upset if they're not oh, required right. to yeah 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 and uh and some people departing don't want to do that for whatever reason you know, so I might extend the invitation, but they might say, no, I, you know, that's not right for me, you know, and I don't, I don't get, uh, I don't get it. I don't get bent out of shape about that. So, but uh, anyway, I just want to point out that it can be a two-way street, right? Because your reputation as a supervisor, as an employer, right, is going to be 
based in part on the way you treat people as they exit your organization. So, so when we try and find a reputation, we, we spend a couple hours interviewing somebody and we try and figure out what are they like? What do they feel like? What, are they, what can they tell us about themselves? Mm-hmm. And some people are really good at putting a, a foot forward that may not be their real self. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. you seen that before? <laughs> oh, gosh, yes. Um, so, um, so first of all, um, I'm constantly impressed at how well connected the information security community is. Um, several times we'd be looking at a stack of resumes and uh, one candidate's resume will float to the top of the stack. And I'll, and I'll just ask you know, people on the team, hey, does anybody know so-and-so? You know, because they're not moving in from out of the area or whatnot. And, and it happens quite a bit that someone on my team has worked with them before. Either they were a teammate at another company or maybe this person who we're considering bringing them onto the team worked, uh, worked uh, with a vendor delivering services to somebody who is on my team and is currently working for me. And every time that happens, it often it, it becomes very clear like really quickly, whether that person would be a good fit for our, our current team. Um, and and the reason why I mentioned this up, based on what you just said a moment ago, is because I've learned that some people interview very, very well. Like they oh. are excellent at interviewing. And I've been really impressed by uh, probably a handful of people over time who individually interviewed very, very well. And I extended the offer and they joined the team but shortly after they started working, maybe within the first couple of weeks, they don't act like the same person. Oh, no. <laughs> like, it's not as good. <laughs> Which is yeah. really, you know, I mean, what a buzzkill, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, man. So I get disappointed. My, my team gets disappointed. Everybody was looking forward to having, uh, you know, a superstar join the team. Um, you know, just somebody that we could count on. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it did, it didn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't pan out very well. So yuck. That interview is really, really important. Seattle is the 15th, I think, largest U.S. metropolitan area. And it's arguably in the top five for technology jobs, right? Yeah. This is a, uh, we live in a, a hot market, shall we say. Mm-hmm. But it's still a really small community of security professionals. Definitely. I can guarantee uh, somebody somewhere is going to get a phone call asking about what you were like to work with. This is not a formal inquiry. It's a discreet one. What were they really like to work with? What were they like to eat lunch with? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) I have both (sighs) placed and received calls like that. (laughs) So, you know, but it doesn't have to be a one-way conversation, right? For the mid-career folks, the people who've been in the market for more than a minute, have any of you done lookups on your possible future organization? The company culture, the hiring manager, what it's like working in that group? Mm-hmm. If, if you haven't done that, you should be. Because you've, you've got to do the hard work of finding the right fit for you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're and just that goes talking back about to the same we were... thing happening both ways. Yeah, yeah, it's a two-way street, and I think we talked about that in the last episode, or maybe the one before, where we were we were saying, look, you know, this is about fit. It's about 
you know, not just getting a paycheck, but it's about finding a place that is going to work for you. Because, you know, you could have an employer saying, oh my gosh, you're the best. Here's your offer. And based on what you learned, you know, maybe the offer is really, really attractive. But based on what you learned, you're like, I'm never going to last at this place. Like that's, you know, this, Mm -hmm. the fit is just not, is just not there. So yeah. Good stuff. So we're talking about reputation. We haven't talked about skill set yet. Which is more important, a good reputation or a strong skill set? Now, this is a fil- this is a very philosophical sort of a thing because I've <laughs> I've seen I've seen people land on both sides. Take us of to this your mountaintop, Kip. Issue. <laughs> well, so um, let's talk about the brilliant jerk because <laughs> we hear about the brilliant jerk a lot in um, in blog posts and in you know news articles and opinion pieces. I mean, people write about the brilliant jerk a lot these days, you know, do a Google search for brilliant jerk and see how many hits you come up with. It's going to be a lot. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's a reputation. Oh, he's a brilliant jerk. Well, what does that mean? That means fantastic skill set, but difficult to work with, right? So there are some organizations that will place um, your ability to get along well with other people over your skill set. So you can be brilliant, but if you're a jerk, you're not going to be allowed in. Um, But then there's um, the other side of that. I've seen organizations where brilliant jerks were lauded and and tolerated. And even though people really struggled to work with them, management would not, um, you know, would not release them, would not, would not do anything about it. I mean, so, so I've seen it go both ways. And so what's the, you know, what's the bottom line here? Well, you need to know if you're considering joining an organization, if you don't like brilliant jerks, you better find out if brilliant jerks are tolerated or maybe even cheered at that place. Because if you think you're going to join that place and that that's suddenly going to change somehow, it probably isn't. A dramatic pause for effect. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think it's a big deal. Um, you know, pe- the brilliant jerk is a very polarized, um, you know, uh, character, a very polarizing character. So, you know, so if you've got an opinion, just make sure you do your <laughs> due diligence. So, Kip, I'm going to try and transition here because I know we want to we want to keep keep tight on time. Yeah, yeah. If if you're a new graduate. And you've stuck with us this far. Congratulations. And thank you. <laughs> yeah. I would bet your question is, how does this apply to me? I haven't built a reputation yet. Mm. Kip, what would you say to the student listening? How could they build their personal brand and their reputation? Yeah. Well, I thanks for asking me because guess what, Wes? I have a lot of experience with this. Um, <laughs> And, you know, here experience is kind of a euphemism for I have both succeeded with this and I've had massive failures <laughs> with this. Um, and but the good news is that, um, as we were saying before, I uh, I survived it. I grew from it. So even though I've had failures, I don't count it as a loss. Um, uh, so here's what I've learned. One of the most important things you can do is play from your strengths. And what I mean by that is, you know, don't look at a list of 
of brands that, you know, of personal brands and say to yourself, boy, I really want to be known as a great team player, right? So with your brain, if you say, I want to be a great team player, but deep, deep down inside, you know that you really prefer to work alone, like that's who you really are, then I don't think this is a good idea. And the reason why is because uh, being a great team player, and I, and I put the emphasis on great, as in always there, always doing, you know, being self-sacrificing, giving, giving, giving all the time. Um, that's just not who you are. And I, that's, not a, that's not a judgment against, against you to say that, that you're wrong for not being that way. But my point is, is that if deep down inside you prefer to work alone, and so you're a good team player, but you're not a great team player, then don't try to be a great team player. Be, you know, be something that is going to play from your strength. And so maybe you're really the humble smart. Maybe that's your personal brand because that lets you be a good team player and really lean into what you like to do, which is, is to learn and um, not just from self-study, but from other people, right? And so, um, so there may be a lot of temptation you know, to pick a personal brand because you think that will make you popular or because that's what you think your supervisor wants to see. But I'm just here to tell you that if you're not playing from your strengths, it's not sustainable. At least I don't know how to make it be sustainable. So that what do you comes think, back Alex? to being authentic. And that's a that's a good message. Yeah. Yeah. But what would you tell the student? OK, I, get, I told say, him what I thought. I'd say come in and be a learner right? It's okay to come into the group and be a learner in the group. As long as you learn it after someone teaches you, don't have to learn mm. it four times in a row. Write right. down what you learn, document it, repeat it. What about uh, bring, bring great energy, right? Be the most enthusiastic person on the team to be here, excited, because there's some people who've been in their job for 20 years and they're a little bit tired and your energy is going to bring them up in the process. Can I say something about that for a moment, yeah. Wes, about bringing great energy? Sometimes your great energy doesn't have to be on display, right? Great, en great energy doesn't mean bring pom-poms every day and, um, you know, and drink Red Bull constantly. Um, great energy could just mean like, you know, your, ex your um, what do I want to say, your demeanor doesn't have to be electric, but, but you need to be fully engaged. Because I know there's some people who just their temperament, right, is not, um, you know, the kind of person who's going to jump up and down on the sidelines, but they're paying great attention. So just wanted to, um, I just wanted to put that out there. Another great energy is uh, just do the things that not everybody wants to do, right? That's uh, how I got into cybersecurity, by the way. <laughs> that's my backstory. I'll tell that story some other day, but, but that's, yeah, that's great advice. Do the, do the things that others don't. Uh, if you have to sweep the floor at the end of the day, that's okay. You won't be sweeping the floor forever. Mm -hmm. So be a sponge of knowledge and, and ask for permission regularly to make more senior people's jobs easier. Oh, that's interesting. What does that look like? Uh, Bob, I've been following you around for, for three weeks. I've watched you do this over and over and over. Can I take a turn at doing it and you watch me this time? Right? Mm. And two weeks later, Bob didn't even come to the call and you just took care of it without him. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes total sense. You know, the term that I would use for that is be an apprentice, right? Think of yourself as an apprentice. What can I learn? What can Bob teach me? You know, um, and, and honestly, that's a lot, in my experience, that's a lot of how information security know-how is, is passed on right? From people with more experience to people with less experience. Um, There's so much that you just have to learn on the job that you're never going to get in a book or a certification exam. So yeah, if you come to work thinking of yourself as an apprentice who's eager to learn from the master, um, oh man, (laughs) that's powerful. All right, Wes. It is. Any final words before we wrap up the episode? Sure. So, uh, uh, let's see. Be who you want to be known for now. Do the hard work of becoming better now. You'll be glad you did later. As a parent, I every time I see my children reflect some bad behaviors of my own, I regret it. And I say, I wish mm. I'd have fixed that before. Yeah. Yeah. And then leave Boy. your previous jobs well. What you did to them is what I can expect you to do to me. And right. so so take care of those in your past. Well, thank you for bringing it all back around to, you know, the hiring perspective, right, that, that we're really trying to um, help people with. Um, but there's just there's there's just so much more to getting hired, I think, than just the blocking and tackling and the mechanics of submitting resumes. It's just so much, um, there's so much more going on there. So uh, thank you, uh, <laughs> those of you in the audience for uh, for making it this far in the episode. Hey, listen, as we close out, I just want to uh, remind you that we do have a masterclass. It's an online video course that can help you get your dream cybersecurity job. And it's told by hiring managers such as myself and Wes. And the class, when we put it through the beta test in April of 2020, went so well that one of our students actually got his dream cybersecurity job before he even finished all the lessons. I was inspired. Um, lots of people have been inspired by, by what this fellow has been able to do. And I want you to be inspired. So if you want to hear about his uh, story, just go to uh, yourcyberpath.com forward slash Steve and uh, there's a nice little write-up that Steve did, and you can you can read about um, where he uh, was working when he you know started taking our masterclass. What it was it? What was his dream cybersecurity job, and how did how did he get it? Because um, don't be mistaken, just because you take a, a a class doesn't mean that you don't have to do the work. And Steve did some great work. So, hey, listen, on the next episode, Wes and I are going to tell you, uh, share with you how to make sure you have a great skills match between yourself and your dream cybersecurity job. I think you're going to get a lot out of the episode, so uh, so please come back. And until next time, remember, you're just one path away from your dream cybersecurity job. Nice.